Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I am so excited to welcome Aggie alum and Pure Progressions founder and clinical director, Mary White, to the show. Welcome, Mary. Thanks so much. Well, Mary, we are excited to have you. And I have to say, you know, as we're focusing in on the Kane College of Arts and really uh, exploring some potential career and, and kind of occupational pathways connected to those degrees, I am just so excited to learn more about your story um, and look at kind of how life worked out for you. It's so, so fun to see what you've been doing. So with that, I'd love to have you give us maybe kind of a snapshot of the backstory behind Pure Progression Music Therapy. How did this whole thing get started? Definitely. So when I, I always wanted to do a private practice when I was in my undergrad um, in music therapy, I just didn't think I would do it as fast as I did. So I, I figured I'd probably work at a few hospitals or schools or treatment centers for a few years and then start a private practice down the road. But when I finished my internship, there were not many jobs available. So I just dove right in. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I will create some jobs. And wow. so I just started um, working contacting facilities and different organizations and started creating different music therapy contracts. And it has just grown from there. Wow. Okay. So, and this is interesting. Yeah. So as a student, I'm thinking, okay, where do I get some experience? And you kind of said, um, outside of probably the clinical work that you did for your degree, there wasn't a lot of options. So you said, well, I guess I'm going to start my own thing. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so oh, go ahead. Undergrad, well, in the undergrad, you do like four practicums and then an internship. So that was about it. <laughs> and so where, where was your last internship that kind of was the, the launching piece? Um, it was at a specialized school in Salt Lake. So mm-hmm. it was like ages three to 21 of um, kids and older, younger adults with developmental disabilities. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. Maybe we'll kind of set the stage here a little bit. So music therapy, um, I feel like perhaps not the most well-known degree and or career path. So for those of us who are maybe new to what that might be, give us a snapshot. What does a day in the life of a, a music therapist look like? Definitely. Um, I have kind of shifted gears. So I did my internship with kids and then Um, I kind of shifted to working with teens. So a day in the life for me is working with adolescents in residential treatment centers. They're there for um, a variety of mental health needs, depression, anxiety, self-harm. And we use music to work on those treatment goals. So we'll use songwriting. They can use that to kind of express experiences, express emotions. We'll do improvisation where we can do um, drumming or like piano or guitar or any kind of a percussive or melodic instrument where they can just play. They don't necessarily have to know how to play the instrument, but we're working on 
um, either like relaxation through that or working on expression through that or working on communication where they can play and listen to like other peers in the group or they can play and listen to me and we can have the kind of a musical dialogue. We'll also do different kinds of um, listening with music. It's it's a huge coping skill for them. So <laughs> I am never surprised when they know everything about the song, everything about the artist, everything about the message and the meaning, because they've already used it a million times before. So we can play songs and they talk about the lyrics and they talk about how it makes them feel. And they talk about, I turn this song on when I need to change my mood, or I turn this song on when I need to validate my mood. So those are kind of the three main areas we work or interventions that we work with, but it's, it's awesome. I, I love working with adolescents. That is so interesting. And it's making me think, so Kate, you have this clinical side of your degree in education, but you also must have some music background as well. So what like instruments or what, what music background do you have? Yes. So my main instrument is the bass and I loved playing the bass at Utah state. So I did, um, the jazz bands there, the symphony orchestra there, uh, private lessons. I've done rock bands with the bass as well. And so kind of a wide variety of genres and it fits well with teens because a lot of them, you know, like guitars and more, um, less classical side of things, I would say right now. Sure. For the degree, you do need to learn guitar, piano, um, voice. And so kind of have to keep a little bit well-rounded with everything. (laughs) Uh, That's so interesting. So your, your other therapists at the clinic, do they have their own specialty of different instruments? Like do you have a variety of different instruments that are offered? Yeah. Yeah. So some, their main instrument might be like violin or even some have experience with like woodwinds or brass instruments. And so it's kind of cool to pull from different ones. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. So one question that I I have on my mind, as I was looking through your website and kind of just getting a feel for the work that you all do, I noticed that on the website, it talks about being an evidence-based practice. And so I'm curious, maybe for those um, more embedded in the therapy realm, they know what that means, but I'm curious, um, just maybe again, for a brand new student who's just learning, what does, what does evidence-based practice mean in terms of music therapy? Right. I think the biggest misconception with music therapy is that it's a new thing. And we get that a lot like, oh, that's that's kind of new. Right. Um, But it's actually been around since after World War Two when we're veterans with PTSD. So evidence based is going off of the years of experience and research and peer reviewed journals and kind of the science behind music in the brain that makes it an allied health profession today. Super interesting. And I did not know, I was thinking along the lines of this being a relatively new uh, thing. So that's interesting. I'm, I'm curious. So let's say Mary, I'm hooked. Music therapy sounds super interesting. I want to look into it more. What kinds of education or licensure, you know, what would I need to do to prepare for a, a career path like this? Yeah, we have, it's currently a bachelor's level entry. And in Utah, the only school that has the degree is Utah State. And there are a few um, surrounding states that have it. And then I know that 
Um, a lot of music therapists go on to get their master's degree as well in music therapy. So I did mine a few years after my bachelor's at a school in Indiana. And that's kind of a hybrid program where you can do um, distance learning. So a lot of it was online and then I could just go in every three months for residencies. And that was really amazing. Um, some music therapists even go on to get a doctorate degree in music therapy and continue down that way. But in Utah, we also have uh, a life or a certification through DOPL, the Division of Occupational and Professional Licensing. And so once you graduate from your program, do your internship and clinical hours, then you sit for a national board exam. And once you pass that, then you're MTBC, Music Therapist Board Certified. And then in Utah, we have the separate certification through DOPL as well. Okay, good, good. That is a great overview. And I'm curious, so you took a slightly um, different route and said, actually, I want to be an entrepreneur, start my own business and do this. So in addition to maybe those those basic, you know, certifications in, in education, what other skills or knowledge do you feel like somebody would need to do what you're doing to start your own company? I think it's definitely... Uh, a different path. Like I have had, I've had a lot of music therapists that work with my private practice and have found that it's not for them. Like they, they like a nine to five. They like, I am at one place. I, I see the same clients every day. I can clock in, I can clock out and I'm done. Um, with a private practice, we have a variety of facilities. So we might drive over to this place and then go see this clinic and then see a couple one, one-on-one clients. And so with that, I really thrived on that. I loved the diversity. I loved the variety. And I, I was flexible in that I could make it happen. I could kind of, I didn't need to be micromanaged to get my work done. I was pretty a go-getter to just make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So I think probably the biggest thing in running your own business is having that determination and um, also like flexibility to kind of roll with, roll with it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure you've been doing plenty of that during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm sure that has added some new challenges. <laughs> For sure. Great. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your work. I'd love to hear, you know, what are some of the best parts of your work? When are you just thriving? And maybe what are some of the challenging parts of the job? I, I really am passionate about music therapy. I, I feel like part of my work as a business owner and an employer is, um, like just really being an advocate for the field and then also for creating work for other music therapists. Cause what I found was a lot of music therapists would get their degree in Utah and then they'd leave and they go somewhere else where they would hire them. So I'm, I'm pretty passionate about growing music therapy in Utah and keeping music therapists here. And then the other side is just, I have had so many success stories over the years with clients that it's just fascinating. It's amazing to see a parent come in that's had a kid that's struggling with speech issues. And they're like, we've been working with a speech therapist for years and we aren't making any progress. And then just switching just a little bit and doing more of a musical route to access their brain and language centers then all of a sudden there's huge progress and great strides. So those success stories are just, they're never ending. And in mental health, it's, it's no different. It's, it's like story after story of 
this song changed my life or music therapy changed my life or I am waking up the next day because of music. Like that is my reason to live right now. And it's just a strong coping skill in getting through challenges. Fabulous, man. You're selling me, Mary. You're selling me. (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) So another question that this is kind of making me think about. So the actual work environment itself, um, you mentioned that you kind of specialize in working with teens. And I'm curious, you know, is it individualized clients where you're working one-on-one? Is it in groups? Is there kind of a mixture? What does that look like? Great question. So we do both. We oftentimes will work at a treatment center and see a group. And that could be, (laughs) we like it when it's around like eight-ish people in a group, sometimes it's a lot more. Mm. Um, and then they're kind of working on group goals where it's more, they can learn from each other. They can listen to each other. They're kind of going through similar things. And so they can feel validated from each other. And then a one-on-one session would be just me and the client. And then we can get a little bit deeper where we might be able to really get some like one-on-one improvisation, or we can work on that songwriting where it's very individualized and we can kind of tailor those needs specifically with them. They can open up a little bit more. Wonderful. I love it. Okay. Another question that is kind of top of mind for me, um, shifting the conversation a little bit here. So I'm curious, you know, let's say a student is listening to our conversation and saying, you know, parts of her job sound really interesting, like this focus on therapy or this portion about music and working with people I really like, but let's say, you know, they're maybe not feeling all of it in, in one job. They're not quite feeling the music therapy what other routes, you know, could students consider maybe with this degree or just that are kind of in a similar vein? Yeah. Um, I think, so I've had a few jobs in kind of healthcare settings where like it, it really helped prepare me for being a music therapist, but it's a different, um, different role. So like working as like a psych tech where you're at a hospital or something where you're working with clients and you're kind of helping with more of like their day-to-day things. Um, you are still like a good mentor for them and being able to, um, get to know them a little bit. So like psych techs in hospitals or like direct care staff at residential centers, that's, that's a really good route. Um, if you're really interested in music and like music with kids being like a music educator is awesome where you could do like early childhood music in classrooms and stuff. And that is great. And that's something that I, I enjoyed, but not like to the point of wanting to pursue education. And that's what kind of separated music therapy for me was like, I, I love music. I don't know if I love teaching music but I like using music with kids. As a tool. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the education piece would be a good one. Um, other than that, like, I know that a few places have like volunteer opportunities where you can like just play music for residents. Like a lot of assisted living centers will have um, the need for like pianists or harpists or different kind of instruments to just be in their lobby and kind of play music and the residents can come and listen. And then that'd be a great side thing as well. 
those are all great suggestions. And actually, as you were sharing some of those, I thought, you know, those would be some really great stepping stones. It sounds like too, you know, if you're looking for an internship or you just kind of want to test it out and see, is this something I might be interested in? I think all of those things you just shared would be great kind of tests. So I love, love those. Well, Mary, I so appreciate your time and advice and insights. And I just would love to close our conversation with one final question. And that question is, what advice would you have for someone considering this field of work? I think my best advice. So music therapy is kind of, I think of it as like two parts, clinical and musical. So my best advice would be one, like hone in your music skills, like just be rock solid in guitar, piano, percussion, voice, just know, know what you can do with those, know how to improvise on them, know how to change keys, do different chord progressions, just be really, really, um, like well-versed in that. So when you are with a client, you just feel like music can just come naturally. And then clinically, just keep current. Um, there's so many podcasts out there where you can learn about different people's experience in mental health or with different kind of disabilities or diagnosis and kind of see what what sparks your interest. Are you interested in like neurologic music therapy where we're focusing on music in the brain? Are you interested in like a medical setting where you're working with kids in like a hospital setting or a school setting working mainly with like kids with autism, just kind of figure out what might be interesting to you and just learn about that field. I love that. And I really love, I consistently have kind of heard you say using music as a tool. Um, and, and I really love, I love that idea of having a strong foundation there and then using it to help people. So I really love the way that you've, you frame that. Well, again, Mary, thank you so much again for your time and insights. And I hope that you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. You too. It was great talking with you. You as well. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family.